Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is... Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the beloved, benevolent Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And I'd also like to extend a warm welcome to the Chuck haters. Are you going to try to kill them with kindness? Chuck haters. Now, Joe Bissell broke the rules a second ago, said something pretty mean. I don't know if you noticed that. So I didn't. He's and it's okay. Everyone falls off the wagon every now and again. I'm gonna totally fine. I'm I'm going to I'm just going to let it roll off. Yeah. The It's the, okay. The back of my back. The back of your back. Yes. You don't want to let it roll off the front of your back. Mm-hmm. That would be weird. That would be uh, very strange. <laughs> All right. It is Dumb Bleep of the Week. This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. If you want to join in live and vote for the dumb bleeps, then you got to go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Pay as little really as five dumb, bucks a month. Really dumb shit on Fridays. It's real, the, just <laughs> the dumbest stuff that we could talk about. We have seven today, seven super dumb things that have occurred over the previous rolling seven days. The rolling seven-day average of dumb is very high right now, I will tell you that. We are above the seven-day average right now. So we're going to be running through some of this stuff. Everyone in the group will get to vote for which one they thought was the dumbest one. Then that will enter into the finals for Dumb Bleep of the Year 2022 when we get to the end of this year. And I have a file folder going with all of these Dumb Bleeps, so I don't have to go back and search all of them again. How long are you going to keep that up for? I'll probably end up accidentally deleting it here within a month or so because I need space or something, so I'll just delete everything. But right now, it's the thought that counts. That's what actually matters. The thought that counts. All right, let's go with Dumb Bleep number one right here. All right, we'll put this up here on the screen. I'm sure y'all have seen this trending on Twitter today and a little bit yesterday. Joe Rogan being called a menace to public health Mm. as 270 doctors are criticizing Spotify over his podcast. A total of 270 U.S. doctors, scientists, healthcare professionals, and professors probably 260 of them are professors, have written an open letter to streaming company Spotify expressing concern about medical misinformation on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. The letter asked the platform to establish a clear and public policy to moderate misinformation on its platform. That's right. It is time to start censoring Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm -hmm. It accuses controversial host Joe Rogan's show of having a concerning history of broadcasting misinformation, particularly regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Specifically, the letter calls out highly controversial episode of the podcast from last December that features Robert Malone, a virologist who was involved in the mRNA vaccine technology. Involved. He was involved in it. He was the first one to be involved in it, actually, Mm -hmm. just to count. 
that led to some of the leading COVID-19 vaccines, but has since been criticized for spreading vaccine misinformation. The episode has been widely criticized for promoting baseless conspiracy theories. Could you imagine like the inventor of the wheel <laughs> talking about how like, you know, it doesn't rotate like we think it mm, does, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, like he knows everything about it. Yeah. And they're like, well, yeah, that guy was involved. Yeah, that guy doesn't know anything. Yeah. We we're way past that. Dr. Malone, quote, Dr. Malone used the JRE platform to promote numerous baseless claims, including several falsehoods about COVID-19 vaccines and unfounded theory that societal leaders have hypnotized the public, which is the reason that we are currently restricted from using our YouTube channel. <laughs> because when we commented on it on Monday, I put it on YouTube. And you and said it wasn't real. Yeah, it, I mean, we literally just said that it wasn't real. Now, were we being sarcastic? Possibly. That's for the listener to decide, probably. Apparently not. Many of these statements have already been discredited. The letter said they've been discredited. In the episode, Malone espoused multiple baseless beliefs. There's no basis to his beliefs whatsoever, including mass formation psychosis being responsible for people's belief in vaccine efficacy. I think you should say MFP. MFP. Say the whole thing. Yep. You know, belief in vaccine efficacy, as well as the false claim that hospitals are financially incentivized to falsely diagnose deaths as having been caused by COVID-19. <laughs> the false claim that hospitals are financially incentivized to falsely diagnose deaths as having been caused by, uh, by COVID-19. Now, I don't know if they are falsely diagnosing people with COVID-19 in an effort to make money. But I don't really think you can make the argument that they're not incentivized to do that. Mm. Now, they hopefully are good people, and they're not doing that. But I did go ahead and fact-check this. And, of course, the very first thing I came up with, with USA Today, I'm sure they said it wasn't true, right? No, USA Today said, uh, actually, this is true. We rate the claim that hospitals get paid more if patients are listed as COVID-19 and on ventilators as true. You know why? Because it's in a freaking bill that went through Congress saying that they would get paid more. Exactly. All right, hospitals and doctors. Do you think all the presidents and CEOs of hospitals just missed that bill? They have no idea. Yeah. No clue. Hospitals and doctors do get paid more for Medicare patients diagnosed with COVID-19 or if it is considered presumed that they have a COVID-19 <laughs> absent a laboratory confirmed test. You don't even have to be proven guilty in a court of COVID. You could be presumed. <laughs> the court of COVID. And three times more if the patients are placed on a ventilator to cover the cost of care and loss of business resulting from a shift in focus to treat COVID-19 cases. So once again, baked this, into the law, so they have it. They're covered the loss of business, but, um, that doesn't create an incentive structure for people to put COVID-19 as a diagnosis yeah, on people. Yeah, and if you think that it does, that's obviously a baseless, <laughs> and it misleading, even, false claim. It doesn't even require a laboratory-confirmed test. Mm -hmm. They could be presumed to have COVID-19. Okay. Yep. But it was a false claim. That is what these doctors... Presumption. These are, these are doctors and scientists and professors, and they have written in their letter that this was a false claim, that they're incentivized. The expert's letter content, uh, countered Mass misinformation events of this scale have extraordinarily dangerous ramifications. Mm. We have a mass misinformation formation psychosis is what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the letter further <laughs> asserts that Malone is one of the two recent JRE guests who has compared the pandemic policies to the Holocaust. 
These actions are not only objectionable and offensive, but also medically and culturally dangerous. The same people who compared mm-hmm. Trump to Hitler. Well, it's okay to do it when you think you're right. Right. That's fine. But if it's someone else and you think that they're wrong, then that's a bad thing to do. Then it's disingenuous. Yeah, it's objectionable it. and offensive. Of course. And churlish. You do the math on that one. Okay, mm. well, that's, uh, by the way, that is... Dumb bleep number one. It's, that's uh, it, I think. That's, the, <laughs> that's all we need. No, you uh, would be surprised. I started <laughs> off light today. <laughs> so the the big problem here, we've been saying that I've been wondering for a while, when is Spotify really going to start censoring? When will the government come for podcasts? Because I, I get surprised quite often that there's all these things you can't say on YouTube and you can't say them on Twitter and you can't say them on Facebook and you upload a podcast, you can say whatever the hell you want on a podcast. Doesn't matter. So far. Anything you want, you can say it on the podcast. Alex Jones can't. Now, they did remove two or three of, of um, Rogan's episodes. Spotify did when they, when they made the switch over. And so they did edit and uh, censor just a little bit. But I think this is something we're going to deal with a lot in the future. You're going to either, first off, you'll deal with some type of a misinformation tag on the episode, something like that, that uh, experts have reviewed They're this. running into a big problem because... Joe Rogan pr- provides a lot of profit for Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like considering a lot of their profit, considering they're paying him $10 million a year. And he, on average, he has 11 million downloads per show. Yeah. 11 million. What's the advertising rate for that? It's got to be the number one show. Pretty good CPM on those, on that advertising. I would say so. I mean, you're getting 25 CPM on 11 million impressions on an episode. Uh, that's, Eleven. That's, that's pretty good money. That's Eleven thousand times twenty-five. Pretty good money. Do the calculations, folks. Now they might get a discounted rate because there's so many impressions on an episode. I'm not sure. All right. I'm well, sure. that's uh, that's dumb bleep number one. I think they're going to come for podcasts eventually. They're not going to let this go, uh, but we'll work into it. We'll work into it with tags on episodes and links to uh, different oh experts on stuff saying what's wrong about this and then we'll eventually work it into having to edit things and take them out and i don't know if spotify would get rid of rogan because of all the money but they're surely going to be pressured to do it for sure okay that's number one right there rogan being dangerous i bet it costs about this it's two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars per ad spot roughly that's that's potential. I could say that sounds. Could say that's probably true. Very similar. To, that's lower than Super Bowl numbers. And how much was the Super Bowl get? Twenty million viewers. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, that's pretty good. I would say, uh, yeah, I'd say two hundred thousand dollars to advertise on JRE per show. Those are not so, official numbers. Those are our estimations. I'm, yeah, I'm just guesstimating here. Okay, go so, ahead, Chuck, with number two. That's a uh, wow. That's a good number one there. I like number one Mm -hmm. so far. We got to take a break and talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, something preventing you from achieving your goals? I've gone through this before. Charlie's gone through this before. He uses BetterHelp himself. I've gone and talked to counselors before. Sometimes maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Maybe there's a different perspective that you need to look out for. Taking care of your mental health is something that is very important and it's also very possible. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. 
You're going to connect in a safe and private online environment, so much more convenient than fighting traffic, going into the office somewhere. You just get on the app and talk to someone. You can start talking to them in under 24 hours. This is not some self-help app. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go to that freaking waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to giving you great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. If they match you up with someone and you don't like them, you can switch over to someone else. It's more affordable than actually going into the office because you're just doing it over an app. And this is available worldwide. You got expertise in so many different areas. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. This is very convenient. It's professional. It's affordable because you're doing it through an app instead of going into the office. You can go to the website and check out the testimonials. And by the way, this is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a reason for that because a lot of people are using this app to get help. If you want to start living a happier life today as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com GML. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Dumb bleep numero dos for my Spanish friends. <laughs> for Daisy, not for Costco. <laughs> that's it. Uh, dumb bleep number two here. Trulia to drop neighborhood crime data from home listings after Redfin speaks out against practice. Can't do it. Mm-mm. Why do you think they're not going to show the crime ratings or in the in the neighborhoods? Mm, I wonder why. It could have an effect on home value? I don't know. Mm. Geekwire.com. Trulia, one of Seattle-based Zillow Group's real estate brands, says it will phase out the use of neighborhood crime data on home listings early next year, citing the potential for bias and inaccuracies. Given the long history of redlining and racist house covenants in the united states there's too great a risk of this inaccuracy reinforcing racial bias the redfin's chief growth officer wrote december 13th post we believe that redfin and all real estate sites should not show neighborhood crime data gosh realtor.com also announced last week that it was discontinuing the practice Truly is committed to providing consumers with tools, services, and information to help make them inform decisions about real estate, except for crime data. Yeah. You don't want to know what the you don't crime want to, mm. No, it's not important. Uh, to achieve this, we continuously review and uh, the display of publicly available data to ensure accuracy, equity, and transparency. Public safety data is defined and measured differently across communities, which may perpetrate bias in real estate and present challenges with providing accurate crime data from our vendors. Because of this, Trulia will no longer display crime data on our site as of early 2022. We will continue to develop tools and publish information that can help serve as a starting point in a consumer's home buying process. I wouldn't want to know if my neighbor got stabbed. You wouldn't want to know shot. that. No. How often do houses get robbed in your neighborhood? How many kids got gunned down in the streets last year? Not important. It's actually racist to show those things. It is. Yeah. It's just like redlining and, and all the stuff that they used to do. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, showing crime data about a neighborhood before you purchase a house. And like you said, it also helps them 
because it can help the value of the homes right. as well when they do that. So that's another good thing for them. But of course, it's out of racism. It, I don't know. You know, I don't immediately feel like it's racist to want to know whether or not there's high crime in the neighborhood. That's just my natural inclination on that. Because you're white. That's Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. That's why. My neighborhood's not all that great, by the way. It's not, not the best thing in the whole world. I'll tell you what, man. All right, that's dumb bleep. You have just cars lining your street. That's it's the one crazy. thing I notice every time I come over your house. So many. Like, just cars. Cars packed everywhere. Like they had a car special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in your neighborhood somehow. Everyone's got a car. Yeah, it's uh, it's really crazy, and it really makes the neighborhood look bad. Like the, It's a weird thing. You go through a neighborhood, a nice, cushy, like rich person neighborhood like Charlie's, and you don't see <laughs> any cars parked out in front of the houses, and it just makes everything look nicer. You, you drive through mine, and it's like a freaking car lot driving through there. You got to watch out. Pretty sure I saw a CarMax sign. You know, it's actually against, uh, it's actually illegal to park on the side of the street in my neighborhood too. Against HOA guidelines, huh? Yeah. But there's so many of them that what are they going to do about it? Civil disobedience worked out in my neighborhood. And most of the time I see the cop car parked on the side of the street. He is always breaking. parked on the he's side. He's always on the side mm-hmm. of the street. Used to be two cops living there and they both parked on the side of the street. It's Well, the cop cars can park wherever they want. That's though. true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Okay. Anyway, next thing, this is a little bit lighter one, I guess. This is not about Elon Musk, but he made a comment about it. Number three, Elon Musk slams California government for bizarre move. So what was that bizarre move? Well, if this new rule goes into effect, they're uh, effectively making solar energy more expensive after mandating that all new homes had to have solar panels on them. And telling everyone that it was going to take 20 years before they would be subjected to new things, uh, they're going to be going around that and putting essentially a tax on everyone who's got solar panels on their house. After they forced them to have them. And taking away the financial incentive to do it by making it much more expensive and taking a long time to pay off. So that's kind of weird. This actually comes from the LA Times, who wasn't super pumped about it either. So this is what this would do. It's called NEM 3.0. It's amazing. <clears throat> it's just, you know, it's amazing. The predictability and people are like, oh, that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. And then it happens. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I told you this was going to happen. You're like, no, you didn't. No one ever said that. No one said this was going to happen. We, never, we would have never seen this coming. So this would reduce payments to solar customers who send electricity to the power grid. So by the way, when your systems generate more than what you need, and you don't have batteries to store all of it, you send power to the power grid. And so they pay you like 20 to 30 cents per kilowatt hour, and this decreases what they pay you down to 5 cents per kilowatt hour. It also adds a monthly grid participation charge of $8 per kilowatt hour. So essentially anywhere from 50 to $80 a month extra is what they're talking about for people. It also creates an equity fund that would spend as much as $600 million over four years, bringing clean energy to low-income and polluted neighborhoods. So that's good. They're going to take the money and put it to good use. Uh, Homes and businesses. Oh, wait. You missed the best line, though. The details would be worked out later. (laughs) Yeah. you got to pass the law to see what's in the law. the utilities holding a workshop to solicit input. Mm. So, yeah. They'll have a workshop. Don't worry. They'll work it out. The details, there's nothing... Nothing to see here in the details, folks. We're going to work. Have faith. We'll work these out. Just pass it. Just pass it. Who cares? 
It'll be fine. Only rich people are going to pay for it. Another key change, homes and businesses that already have solar would pay higher rates for electricity from the grid during some times of the day and lower rates at other times. And one more thing, this is important. Only customers of Edison, PG&E, Sempra, energy subsidiary, uh, let's see, SDG&E, would be affected by the new rules. Solar homes served by publicly owned utilities, such as the LA Department of Water and Power, would not see any of these changes. Weird. This is only for the people getting private electricity. Hmm. Weird. It's almost like they're creating an incentive also to go against the private power producers that are out there and just push everyone over to public. And also they've made this massive green energy push and a bunch of people moved into it. And now they're going to try and stick them all for as much money as they can get. Nothing to see here. <clears throat> no reason that this would matter at all. Quote, if adopted, this would be the highest solar fee anywhere in the country including states hostile to renewable energy. And uh, in addition, the proposal would reduce the value of bill credits for solar energy sent to the grid by about 80%. So that's when they pay you for sending stuff out to the thing. And it's also important to remember, as I said earlier, that California mandated that all new homes include solar panels starting in 2020. And last year they just mandated the commercials and commercial buildings also. So... Um, and then they mandate that, and then they tax you for having it afterwards. <laughs> it's, it's I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. It's the king himself. Yep. Wish he would have thought of this. Charlie, you get this next one because you've been so... Government is just a group of people thinking of ways to screw you. That's and they got it. people backing them up. And there's people backing them up. I'm like, how can we really screw these guys over? Because they get everybody behind mandating solar power because of clean energy. Like, yeah, of course, I support mandating solar power. And they know that they're going to go for it. And then, boom, they just hit you. Yep. With all the stuff that people have been telling you about for years. Isn't that, isn't that the something? Charlie, I know you're in the Barbies, so this next one is for me. I want to know your comments, although, I mean, I guess you'll just have to tell me your comments after we watch Besides this. Besides my love. Yeah, I mean, I know you're just real into Barbies and all that. I always have been. And um, here is from Mr. James Kimmel live out there. <laughs> There's a new doll in town and the fun is contagious. It's anti-vax Barbie. She's strong. She's independent. She doesn't trust science. Bill Gates is the Antichrist. Vaccines have Satan's blood. Barbie comes with a computer so she can do her own research. Says here, Moderna turns your teeth Jewish. Take your Barbies everywhere. Shopping. I'm sorry, you can't come in here without a mask. I have a medical condition. I'm recording this bitch and you're going to jail. To the stables. Thank you for sharing your medicine, dancer. And on the plane. And the only mandate this Barbie cares about is with her proud boyfriend, Ken. Hi, Ken. Want to go throw eggs at nurses? Sorry, babe. Can't hear you. Alex Jones is talking about monoglobal antibodies. Anti-vax Barbie. Exclusively available in Florida and Kentucky. Barbie Dream Ventilator sold separately. Available at Walgreens. <laughs> You know, it's actually pretty funny. Like I said, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. All the t-shirts they came up with and everything, all the little subtle jokes in there. Oh. It's pretty fun. <clears throat> pretty, pretty hilarious. So what did they have in there? Um, 
Let's see. She's against science. We know that. Mm -hmm. She has her laptop to do her own research. You shouldn't do your own research on no. stuff. You just listen to the experts. Don't question anything. Mm -mm. Never Notes. question at all. Yeah. Um, well, what else? Oh, the stables. So you could drink horse medicine. Yes. Out there. Because that's still a thing for her, sure. Her boyfriend with the Let's Go Brandon t-shirt on. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Who thinks... Um, it, it was monoclonal and I, I feel like he, he said, said something an, other than anti-borders. He something said something like, like that. that. And he's listening yeah. to Alex Jones. Yeah. So there was that. Um, I thought all the t-shirts were pretty funny. Uh, Johnson and Johnson. What was that? Johnson and Johnson. Let me see what he said about the monoclonals. Or I don't think he said antibodies. Johnson and Johnson or Satan and Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. Can't hear you. Alex Jones is talking about monoglobal antibodies. Monoglobal yeah. antibodies. Okay. Monoglobal antibodies. Monoglobal. <laughs> One world. I, you know, hey. <laughs> Credit for being pretty funny. I yeah, you know. I mean, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's got a lot of, ironically, a lot of misinformation in it. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that just aren't true yeah. at all. And that's why it gets to be dumb. But credit to them. Normally, things aren't actually funny, too. And they actually did a pretty good job making something that was pretty funny. Yeah. So that's, a, that's Dumb Leap number four. All right. Oh, and I have that Barbie set, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's nice. That's I even got the, um, the ventilator. <clears throat> sold separately this one <laughs> this one i thought was okay dumb leap number five we are still rolling through pretty quick today okay charlie you've been to hawaii i have hawaii also hawaii from sf gate hawaii's famed waikiki beach could disappear by the end of the century and it's not the only one all right mm. Waikiki Beach is often where visitors first fall in love with Hawaii. It's soft sand, calm and inviting waters, and in, and view of, what is that, Lehigh? Lehigh. Lehigh? Lehi? I don't mm -hmm. know. A.K.A. Diamond Head. Why don't we just say Diamond Head? Come on. Or no worldwide. Lehigh. Lehigh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Lehigh. That's true. Once home to Hawaiian royalty. Lehigh. Waikiki is now a popular tourist destination, generating 41% of the state's tourism revenue. But climate change threatens the iconic beach, with global sea levels conservatively estimated to rise at least three feet by 2100. Waikiki Beach may not be around at the turn of the century. Some scientists think Waikiki Beach it could disappear even sooner. And we're going to take a break in the middle of this article to talk about Waikiki Beach. Because when I saw this, I was like, you have to be kidding me. Why did I say that? Because Waikiki is an entirely man-made beach. Just was going to say the same thing. Waikiki had All the a sand was brought in. Yeah. <laughs> because Hawaii, by the way, is a volcanic island. It doesn't the have... The beaches are like this. They don't have they just like natural... just straight off. They don't have natural <laughs> soft sand, Yeah. by the way. It's lava rock. <laughs> oh, my God. Waikiki has had erosion problems since the late 18... This is from Wikipedia, BT-dub. Uh, has had erosion problems since the late 1800s because hotels and homes were built too close to the natural shoreline, while seawalls and other structures blocked the natural ebb and flow of sand along the beach. In early 1900s, Waikiki was home to many wetlands, which were believed to harbor disease-carrying mosquitoes. To get rid of the mosquitoes, islanders created the Alawai Canal. This is all 
We're talking about a man-made problem right now being taken away by climate change. Which is also man-made. In the 1920s and 1930s, sand was imported from Manhattan Beach, California via ship and barge. Following World War II, Waikiki Beach restoration efforts have occurred every few years. Sand was imported to this artificial beach from the 1920s to the 1970s, once by boat and barge from Southern California. 1,730 feet of shoreline was replenished at a cost of $2.4 million following chronic erosion of more than a foot a year. All right, so back to the article. Since Now, they don't mention it being a man-made beach in the article. Here's what they say. Since 2006, the government has invested $10 million into maintaining Waikiki Beach, including beach nourishment. That's what they call it. Beach nourishment. Hauling in tons of sand from other sources and placing it on the beach. It's a short-term, unsustainable solution. Now, they never mention that that's how the beach was built in the first place. Nate, what do you do for a living? I'm a a nutritionist. (laughs) What kind of nutritionist? I'm a beach. (laughs) Beach? Nutritionist. I nourish the beach, the beach's body. Quote, in Waikiki, without beach nourishment... (laughs) Without us building the beach, because it's not a naturally occurring beach, we would expect the beach to completely disappear in 20 to 30 years. That would be devastating for an economy that depends on tourism. Visitors spent $17 billion statewide in 2019. The state predicts losing Waikiki Beach would mean a loss of $2.2 billion per year. On the island of Oahu, where Waikiki is located, 25% of its sandy beaches have already disappeared. Because they stopped replenishing them. <laughs> Researchers at the University of Hawaii have used aerial photography to map beach erosion. Large parts of Iwa Beach are now effectively gone. In two-thirds of Lanakai, there's no beach at all. It's wet seawalls. You have to swim to go down the coast, where, whereas it used to be a big white sandy beach. From when, California. When people were building it. <laughs> this is impressive. Yeah. They never mentioned that it's a man-made beach and the only reason it's there is because they brought sand into it. And then they go into saying they've been having to put sand on the beach to replenish it since 2006 after telling you that climate change is going to completely take it away, thus inferring that because of climate change erosion, the beach has been eroding away, even though they've literally been putting sand on that beach since the 1920s. You do the math. All right. Y'all do the math on that. That was dumb bleep number five. I think that right one's there. self-explanatory. I don't think we have to go any further. Listen, when your arguments are so good that you have to make up a story about a man-made beach eroding like it's been doing since they started building it, maybe your arguments aren't all that great. Mm. You can't point to something that literally is eroding and it has always been eroding and say that it, now it's eroding because of climate change. When it's been eroding the entire time since you started building it a hundred years ago. I don't understand how people can seriously print this stuff. Yeah. Like who reads this article and is like, oh, great work. People who. Front page. The only reason I, I the only, because reading this article, I would have never known. I went to Hawaii with my family. I looked up Waikiki Beach while I was there and I found out that it was a man-made beach. And it made me feel like kind of less cool about the beach once I looked that up. But I noticed all the other beaches around Hawaii are like these disgusting 10 foot spaces of rock and then it just drops off into the ocean mm-hmm. right after that we tried to go to one of those on the other side of the island it was all full of locals and we never got more dirty looks after a bunch of tourists coming over to a local beach man they got so mad even with your one-eighth asian they they didn't notice i guess yeah i should have got i should have got closer to them 
and told them that we think one of my family members is actually Polynesian. Yeah. We should have told them that. It's Polynesian. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, that's Stone Bleep number five. Oh, like, oh God. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. Straight up lies from SF Gate. I've actually never been to Oahu. Oahu? Oahu. You haven't been there? No. You went to the Big Island, huh? I've been to Maui and I've been to the Big Island. Yeah. Yeah. Of Hawaii. Yeah. It was nice. And um <clears throat> the all the beaches, the the ones that have the pretty, like nice sand, they're all man made. Mm-hmm. There are a few like black sand beaches that do have um, some, you know, tiny particles of volcanic rock that look like sand, but they're not soft. Let me tell you, not so, soft. Almost all of their beaches are rocky, and so yeah, it's impressive how that you can write something like that for dumb bleep. I'm mm-hmm. really glad. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. Dumb bleep number six. Martin Luther King Jr.'s family calls for no celebration of their father of MLK Day without action on voting rights legislation. Mm. How can we celebrate the civil rights unless we... When when everyone's right to vote's been taken away. Exactly. You can't celebrate. Come on. So how could you do that? From CNN. Screw our dad. From CNN's. The family of Martin Luther King Jr. is calling for a no celebration of MLK Day without the passage of voting rights legislation, putting pressure on President Joe Biden and lawmakers to act on federal voting rights bill that have stalled in Congress, which is, by the way, this is on Monday. So everybody has to go back to work and school on Monday. Mm -hmm. On January 17, the federal holiday commemorating the civil rights leader's birthday, the family and other activists will march across the Frederick Douglass Memorial Bridge in Washington, D.C., They also plan to march across a bridge in Phoenix to draw a comparison to the 1965 march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, for voting rights for black Americans. The actions will call on Biden and the Senate to pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and ensure the Jim Crow filibuster doesn't stand in the way. (laughs) Ensure the Jim Crow filibuster doesn't stand in the way. You know, I'll say they should change the name of that thing. Jim Crow filibuster. That's not a very good name. Mm-mm. They should change it. That's what I would, that's what I would say. Also, on I that. feel like getting together and marching might be celebrating. They better be careful. Yeah. Just no one don't have a good time. All right. And don't talk about any of the good things that MLK did or said. All right. Don't do that. We're going to completely forget everything that he did and all the good marches mm-hmm. and all that, the, the nice speeches and all that because of a made up problem that doesn't actually exist right now of the idea that people just can't get IDs, which by the way, I was looking up earlier is based on a phone poll that showed that 11% of people that they polled did not have, did not readily have access available, available access to their identification. That was the question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's racist. Just just so you know. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I just think that that's pretty ridiculous. I've been looking a lot into the filibuster and, you know, we've had that nuclear option invoked a couple times now. Harry Reid did it in 2013. Mish McConnell did it uh, to get through the Supreme Court justices that just made it to where you don't have to stick a thing in your arm, depending on where you work. And and that's about it. Okay, it's not, it hasn't been taken away a bunch of times. I, I made this concession I am fine with doing away with the filibuster if we also repeal the 17th Amendment at the same time. 
Hmm. So take it back to where the senators are appointed by the states, like it used to be, and then get rid of the filibuster. So Do that. Sixteenth or seventeenth amendment? It's the seventeenth. Sixteenth okay. is the income tax, I think. Okay. Yeah. I knew I hated both of those. I think it's um. Let me see. Oop, that's a uh, that's anti-vax Barbie. We don't need that. Let's do a quick fact check right here. I'm just going to search 17th Amendment. Uh, 17. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two senators from each state elected by the people thereof for six years. All right. So that is what changed the original way right there. Just so we... I would do the 17th because then that would lead to all sorts of other good things that would probably come from that. So that's why I would go with the, if I were to pick one, if I were to pick one single amendment, I've settled now. I thought, you know, 13th amendment a bunch of times, 16th, stuff like that. Wait, what's the 13th? Not the 13th. <laughs> I was thinking 1913. Uh, what was the Federal Reserve? Is that just the Federal Reserve Act? That's not an actual amendment, is it? So the income tax amendment, the 16th, and then the Federal Reserve Act is something I would like to be repealed, I think. <laughs> I think 13th might actually be slavery. I would probably keep that one. Yeah. Probably keep that in there, yeah. I would say. That'd be a good um, part of the Constitution. So it's not the income tax and it's not the Federal Reserve. I think repealing the 17th would actually be the way to go because it would actually solve, a lot of those problems would be solved on the back end of that issue because we have way more states that typically lean more conservative or small government and those people would end up appointing a lot more smaller government people to be in the Senate. And so it would end up hopefully solving a lot of problems. And you know, Phil, it was Jim Crow fil filibuster, by the way. That's when the whole filibuster was invented. Yeah, yeah. Was invi invented by Jim Crow. Yeah. Even though we, we can see here on Google, this is from Wikipedia here, the very first filibuster known in history was from ancient Rome. One of the first known practitioners of the filibuster was the Roman Senator Cato the Younger. <laughs> in debates over legislation, he especially opposed. Cato would often obstruct the measure by speaking continuously until nightfall. Mm. Jim Crow, Roman. Same thing. Empire. Same, same. Same, same. Yeah. same. Okay. Let's. Uh, and, the, and they've also changed the rules so many times. Like in 1806, the Senate changed the rules to remove the restriction on total time allowed for debate. In 1917, the rule was amended to allow for ending debate. You can invoke cloture with a two-thirds majority, later reduced in 1975 to three-fifths of all sen senators, duly chosen and sworn, is usually around 60. Mm. That's why it's still 60. Still 60. And I think it's, so. a good, it's a good idea, the idea that the simple majority shouldn't end up running the whole country. I do understand that it could have been used during civil rights times to block a lot of good things that could have happened. At that time, I could see that argument for sure. Right now, I think it's a good idea to make it as hard as possible for the government to do anything. And so I currently like it at the moment. Mm -hmm. And because of all this, we shouldn't celebrate yeah. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. All right. Shouldn't celebrate him. For dumb bleep number we seven. shouldn't even read his writings or listens to, listen to his speeches. Not important. Not important. For dumb bleep number seven, Charlie, we have a fact check. Mm. I love fact checks. So I saw this come across on Twitter earlier. And here's what it says. The Pfizer CEO's comments about vaccination protection against Omicron were taken out of context. Now, you know what he said about Omicron, right? That the vaccine really wasn't doing very good against Omicron, right? 
So when you see that, Charlie, immediately, what do you think? His comments about that were taken out of context. The CEO of Pfizer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then, well, when he says it's not very effective. Yeah. Then I think it's taken out of context. It's definitely taken out of context. Because he's the CEO. He's not the scientist. Yeah. All right. So here's the fact check about that. Recent comments from Pfizer CEO Albert Borla on how two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine offer very limited protection against Omicron variant to the coronavirus have been misrepresented online. Some social media users claim that the executive means the initial vaccinations were a failure or that the vaccine does not protect against COVID-19. This is misleading. His comments were specific about Omicron. (laughs) During an interview with Yahoo Finance on January 10th, speaking about the Omicron variant, Borla said, We know that two doses of a vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with the booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Against deaths, I think very good, and less protection against infection. (laughs) On October 4th, Reuters reported that six months after a second dose, the Pfizer vaccine effectiveness dropped to 47% from 88% after the first month, according to a study published in The Lancet. So the verdict is... Missing context. From Pfizer's CEO. During an interview on January 10th, uh, Albert Borla said two doses offered very limited protection against COVID-19 infection with the Omicron variant. He was not talking about protection against infection by other variants of the coronavirus. <laughs> so glad they... So it's fact check missing, missing context. Well, at least they didn't leave him out. He was only talking about the current variant that everyone's getting right now. He wasn't talking about way back when or anything so what they did was they picked out some randos online who said that the vaccine was a failure and his comments about it and then they said oh no he wasn't talking about against that he's just talking about right now mm-hmm. that it's a failure let's re- <laughs> let's let's correct the doctor's words for that's everyone. it let's correct the ceo albert borla's words at I the moment what a ridiculous it. thing all right the next one was one that i took out actually i think we can leave it at seven Unless you want to go further. Well, that was number seven. This is one that used to be number seven. So the screenshot's still in there. I mean, we can talk about it if you want to. Yeah, let's we can do go it. through there. That's fine. Number eight, then, it's, is what it would be. I don't have a screenshot pulled up. Oh, so this is Dumbleat number eight. This would be number eight. This okay. it used to be number seven. That's why there's a screenshot gotcha. right there. Yeah. So, of co- well, you know, I love Warden Warren. Mm-hmm. So we, I think we need to do this one. Okay. Dumbleep number eight. Uh, Warden Warren, Senator Warren, sent out a tweet. She said, what happens when only a handful of giant grocery store chains like Kroger dominate an industry? They can force high food prices onto Americans while raking in record profits. We need to strengthen our antitrust laws to break up giant corporations and lower prices. Mm. Folks. She's super right about that. That's definitely the problem. They just force high food prices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. And they're, they're raking in record profits. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, this is the issue. But there's some more words about the issue underneath that. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to play the video. Uh, so. I can't. I, I took it away. I don't have it pulled up anymore because oh, I wasn't okay. going to talk about Never it. Mind here. She said what, what you just read right there. Yeah. Grocery stores consistently have among the lowest profit margins of any economic sector. According to data compiled this month by New York University finance professor Oswath Damadarian, the entire retail grocery industry currently averages barely more than 1% in net profit. Let me read that again. 
the entire retail grocery industry currently average bar- averages barely more than 1% in net profit. In his most recent quarter, Kroger reported a profit margin of 0.75% during a time in which Warren claims that the chain was expanding profits due to its market dominance. Mm. For much of the last year, grocery stores have seen enormous boost in revenue, but not increased profitability for the simple reason that everything has been costing more, not just products, but transportation, employee compensation, and all the extra logistical steps needed to adapt to shopping during a pandemic. Mm. Okay. But record, record gross profits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it couldn't have anything to do with inflation. No, that's not it. It's, it's because just forcing of, uh, higher food prices. It's because of monopolies. Because we have, uh, you know, like eighty different grocery store chains in the country that each have monopolies, and they're forcing people to pay more money. Just because they're all so it's big. Clearly, the issue mm-hmm. that we have right now because they're too big. They have market dominance, and they're able to force people to pay more money. Mm-hmm. And look at Kroger. She she tweeted at Kroger in this thing. They made point seven five percent, man. That's crazy money, mm-hmm. 0.75%. Man. 0.75% on 100 billion is pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> You're susceptible to having a bad year, though, if things fluctuate just a little bit, mm. you know? I think you got to keep a close eye. you got to keep a watch. Maybe you pay your CEO good money to make sure everything's going well. I don't know. Well, that would, no. No, we need worker-owned businesses. Yeah. Nate. Okay. All right, let's, uh, let's run back through these things real quick. Dumb bleat number one is the uh, Joe Rogan is a menace to public health. 270 doctors criticize Spotify. Uh, number two is truly a, not going to tell you crime data for home listings anymore because it's racist. Dumb bleat number three, California is going to make it way more expensive to have solar power while mandating that your new homes have solar power also at the same time. And super worried about climate change too. Mm. Super important. Number four was anti-vax Barbie. From Jimmy Kimmel Live. Number five was Waikiki Beach disappearing because of climate change from SF Gate. And number six was Don't Celebrate on MLK Day. They even had a saying in it. It said, uh, oh man, I can't see it now. It was no celebration without legislation. Mm. You know? It's just it rhymes. Like, they're both verbs. Just like no taxation without representation. Mm. So... That was number six. Number seven was the fact check on Pfizer CEO's comments about vaccination against Omicron, which was true about what he said about Omicron. And number eight was Elizabeth Warren blaming the massive profits that the grocery stores are making, the record gross profits that the grocery stores are making being the problem with high food prices. That was number eight. And their dominance. Yep. All right. So everyone get votes in with the color neutral thumbs up as usual. Yep. All right. Everyone it's get all those that's going to be accepted. Yep. All right. Charlie, tell everyone what they need to do. No mail-in votes. Go to goodmorninglibertylocals.com to be part of the live group if you want to get in on the voting action and the Chuck hatred and the Nate love. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that you get when you sign up. It's, uh, it's great access. And Costco can show you the ropes on how to hate me properly. Um, Daisy and Amanda and the rest of the group here can uh, show you how to love me. And <laughs> everyone will love Nate. It's because his name's Nate. 
How do you not love a Nate? Yeah, how do you not love... He wants border walls. So, of course, <laughs> he's loved by all the MAGAs. Okay? Yep. So, go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, goodmorningliberty.locals.com. It's only five bucks a month. Sign up for the whole year. Get yourself a discount. And uh, go to mastermytrades.com if you want to get in on this stock market in 2022. The beloved Nate Thurston goes live every single morning when he wants to, when the markets are open, to teach you all about trading. Yeah, I won't be there on Monday because I will be celebrating MLK Day mm-hmm. by probably having a podcast episode. That's right. On that day. You do the math. All right. Everyone's votes in. Last chance. We're closing the polls early. <laughs> Come on, man. Everyone got them in. Okay. It looks like it is number four from Jimmy Kimmel Live Anti-Vax Barbie. That's pretty good, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I still vote for number one, I think. Yeah, the, I'm number one didn't get any votes. We had some some late contingency. You thought it was going to be the dumbest thing, but we had some dumb stuff come in there. Mm. So some of the other stuff, uh, Waikiki was close. That was pretty dumb, too. That was my head exploding moment last night where I just really wish I could talk to the people that were tweeting about this and say this is a man-made beach yeah literally if we don't keep putting sand on it it's going to disappear already (laughs) because nature don't want it yeah it didn't Uh, put sand there to begin with it had Uh, plenty of time to put sand there beforehand and it chose not to all all right right, y'all that's your dumb bleep of the week this week what a great great time that we have every friday uh like i said sign up goodmorningliberty.local.com goodmorningliberty.locals.com then also um mastermytrades.com those are a couple places you should visit Mm -hmm. in 2022 and then share the show with a friend a family member a foe and the children if you do all those things we'll be back again tomorrow hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty (laughs) 